Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated t- together the great Yom Tov of Sukkot. And as we did that, and um, we had our different lessons, our shiurim, um, one of the ideas that was talked about a lot is how Sukkot is connected with, um, with Sholem, with peace. And that's why a sukkah is a mitzvah that we do by many people coming into the one sukkah together and doing the mitzvah as one. And in fact, as the Gemara says, that a sukkah really has to be made in a way that theoretically or hypothetically all Tal Yisrael are able to join in to that one great mitzvah of sukkah that unites us all as one. In fact, in the davening on Friday night, when we ask one of the requests that we ask for the coming of Mashiach, we, we call the Beis HaMikdash of Sukkah. And we say, Ufreis aleinu sukkas shaloi mecha. That you should, you should surround us or, 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 or put over us the sukkah of your shalim. So again, the sukkah is connected with shalim, with peace, with unity. This week's parsha is Parshas Noyach. And in Noyach, we have an, another interesting sukkah, another interesting place where many were able to come together in this in the state of unity. And that is, of course, Noach's Teva, Noach's Ark. We have, of course, the story where Hashem brings, brings this flood on the world because the world has to be, has to be uh, destroyed the way we know it, purified. And Noach and his family go into an ark and spend an entire year there. But not just only Noach and his family, but representatives of, all, of every different type of species of animals in the world are miraculously contained in that Teva for a year. So we have here a situation where you have thousands or, 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 or who knows how many animals, different types of animals, birds and insects and everything is, everyone is living together um, harmoniously in unity for one year, something which is totally supernatural. And it's written in Sfarim that in the Teva there was this tremendous sense of peace and tremendous revelation that brought about peace amongst all, even animals. Just like it will be when Mashiach will come, as the Navi Yishayo says, when Mashiach comes, that again, then even animals won't harm each other, won't harm other people. There will be the sense of peace that will flood all the entire world. And that revelation, that sense of peace, flooded the Teva at that time. So that the Teva, similar to the Sukkah, are places that bring together, that combine and that unify in a spirit of Kedusha, in a spirit of holiness, to be able to bring together all different types of, of opposites, of, of people, and even of animals. From a halachic perspective, it's interesting that there's a couple of common denominators between the sukkah and the teva. Uh, firstly, when it comes to the sukkah, there's actually a mitzvah. The building of the sukkah itself becomes a mitzvah. Uh, we all know there's a mitzvah on sukkah to spend time in the sukkah, eat in the sukkah, but the actual building of the sukkah before sukkah, that also becomes part of the mitzvah. So much so, it's a halachic discussion that we're not going to get into, but just suffice it to say that according to the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud, while one is building their sukkah, they would make a bracha on the building of the sukkah. So we don't do that. But the point is that the building of the sukkah is a mitzvah. And the same is when it comes to the teva of Noach, Noach's ark. Hashem says, Asei l'cha, you shall make for yourself. Hashem makes that the making of the teva, the building of the teva becomes a mitzvah. So much so, that it's for that reason that Noach built the teva himself and did not involve anyone else in the building, which is why, according to Midrashim, brought in Rashi, it took him 120 years because it was one man building himself this huge edifice because the building itself is a mitzvah. So that's common denominator one. The building of a sukkah is a mitzvah, and the building of the teva is a mitzvah. 
Another common denominator is that Noah had to build a teva from his own possessions. Asei lecha, make for yourself, from yourself. He had to sponsor, he had to build a teva from his own possessions. And interestingly, when it comes to a sukkah, a sukkah must belong to us. It has to be my sukkah when, that, that I'm doing, performing the mitzvah of sukkahs with. Now, before anyone gets nervous, when, when we go and visit someone else's sukkah, when we borrow, when, when we borrow a sukkah or, or go as a guest to a sukkah, what's really happening from a halachic perspective is that that person is lending us their sukkah and allowing it to be like ours. So when I'm eating in a friend's sukkah, at that moment it's mine because my friend invited me in and therefore he said it's mine for me to eat in it. So there is the concept that both the sukkah must be mine as well as Noah's teva that had to be his. That's common denominator number two. And finally, they're both there for protection. Noah's teva, of course, was there to protect him, his family, the animals, everyone from the great flood. And the sukkah that we eat in on sukkahs is there to remind us of those heavenly clouds that protected us when we were in the desert. So these are three common denominators. Again, excuse me, number one, that the actual building of the sukkah is a mitzvah, and the actual building of the teva was a mitzvah. Number two, the teva had to be um, Noah's possessions, and the sukkah must be ours when we're in it. And number three, both are there for protection. And therefore, we see how that halachic side of it connects with the spiritual aspect, that both of them represent peace, and a level of holiness that unifies and brings together all different types of, of beings. At the same time that there are these common de- denominators, there's also a difference. And we'll, we'll talk about the points that we said. One common denominator was that the building itself becomes a mitzvah. And that's true. Yet, when it comes to the sukkah, we don't necessarily build it only ourselves. Although the building is a mitzvah, we ask a friend, we get a, we get a, a, a contractor, someone helps us. There is no mitzvah that a person on their own should actually do the entire building. When it comes to Noah, as I mentioned, he built it himself. So here is a difference. In both, the building is a mitzvah, but the sukkah, that mitzvah can be sheared. I can have it, someone else help me with it. And by Noah's teva, it wasn't that way. He did it all by himself. And the second difference is, as far as um, the other point, which was it has to be yours. Noah's teva was actually his. He sponsored all the possessions for the teva. All the, all the materials for the teva, that is. When the sukkah, true, we have to eat in our own sukkah, but as I pointed out, I can go to a friend's sukkah, and they lend it to me, and it's considered mine. So somehow by sukkah, though it has to be mine, it can be a borrowed mine. By Noah's teva, it had to be his, actually. So what's the reason? On the one hand, there is these common denominators. Yes, it's there for protection. It has to be yours. The building is a mitzvah. On the other hand, Noah had to do it himself, literally the building. We don't have to do it ourselves, literally. And number two, Noah had to actually sponsor it, literally. Whereas we, whereas we can, you know, it can be borrowed to us. It can be, it can be lent to us. We can borrow. And that's, that's adequate. And the Reb explains one, one, one quick point here. He says, that has to do with the general difference between Noach and the mitzvahs that we have. Though Noach was a great tzaddik, and um, you know, the, the, the story, the, the holiness and the greatness of Noach of the, is discussed in this week's parsha. At the same time, the Zohar, the great Zohar, Barashim Bar Yochai, does critique Noach and compares Noach to Moshe Rabbeinu and says that as great as Noach was, there was something lacking. And what was lacking was here he and his family were saved. He never really asked for rachamim, for mercy for the rest of the world. 
the rest of the world perished in the flood. Moshe Rabbeinu, when Hashem says, I'm going to destroy the Jewish people for making the golden calf, Moshe Rabbeinu turns to Hashem and says, if you're going to destroy them, destroy me. I don't want to exist if my people are being lost. Moshe Rabbeinu begged for mercy of the others, of everyone else, and put, his, put himself on the line. He wouldn't be saved at the expense of everyone else. And Noach was. Now, truth to be told, Noach tried to get people to do teshuva, tried to get people to repent. Noach spent a long time building the ark, in which time he told the people what was going to happen if they don't repent. So Noach did do for others. But he did it as his personal mitzvah, because that was his obligation to try to help others. He didn't care for others to the extent where he was willing to put himself on the line, lose his own existence. It was more, he was trying to help them in order that he should be a good person, that he should be a tzaddik, and therefore fulfill the obligation of helping others as well. But he didn't ultimately have that level of, of total dedication and devotion to others. And that was what Moshe Rabbeinu, in what, in, in the way, that was the way that Moshe Rabbeinu surpassed Noyach. And he taught the concept of total dedication and devotion to others in a totally different level. And that's why Moshe Rabbein is the one who gives us the Torah, and Moshe Rabbein is the one who gives us the mitzvahs. In other words, of course, Hashem gives us the Torah and the mitzvahs through Moshe Rabbein. Because Moshe Rabbein represents that total level of, of, of bittel, of, of, of nullification, of being totally de devoted and dedicated for another. That's the ultimate unity. And that's the reason for those differences. Noach's teva, as great as it was, was limited because Noach was ultimately more about his own self, his own holiness and greatness and righteousness. And therefore the mitzvah that had to be done, he had to do it by himself. He couldn't involve others because he wasn't a person who ultimately was there for others. And therefore he had to do it himself. And therefore it had to be his, totally his, sponsored by him. He couldn't, others couldn't lend it to him because he and others were two different entities. Moshe Rabbeinu brings us to that level of actus of unity, where although it's my mitzvah, I can share it with others because me and others are the same. We look at ourselves as one. And although the sukkah has to be mine, but you can, you can lend it to me because you and I are ultimately one. And therefore we can do this together and still it will be mine, though it's only being borrowed from you. And this then becomes the, diff the explanation of the differences while there is the similar similarities between Noach and the Sukkah. So again, both of them represent you know, the, the concept of, of unity. Both of them represent the uh, protection, Kedusha, holiness, and yet it's specifically the Sukkah, which is a mitzvah, post the giving of Torah, that is able to bring that unity to a level where different people become as one entity, and therefore the borrowed Sukkah is okay. One can have someone else help them do it together because we recognize that ultimately we're one, and being one, we can be there for each other and help each other, and that doesn't detract one from another at all. Have a wonderful Shabbos.